Christian Revelations is a completely free podcast for the new Christian looking to learn more about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how to implement His teachings in our lives and the world today. And for the older Christian looking to dig deeper into the Word of God, edification, and the fellowship of the body of Christ. And now our host, Pastor Robert. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this beautiful day. I thank you for the rains that we're having. I thank you for your presence in our life, the the understanding that you are always with us. No matter our fears or worries, you are always walking by our side. I thank you for the gift of your Son and the gift of our salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. This morning we will be reading Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. But before we get there, last week we talked about conversion. We got to hear a story about some guy who stumbled through his life in a drunken haze, um, scared of everything and everybody, angry, mad. But we also got to see how God took that fear-filled, disastrous life and made a new life. And speaking of fear, we are kind of surrounded by it nowadays. Mm -hmm. We all know about fear and worry and anxiety. In fact, we can witness it in our country, in our people. But what does the Bible say about fear and worry? Matthew 6, starting at verse 25. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass in the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't worry, saying, What will we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm -hmm. Most every day we run into somebody who is afraid or is anxious, or we ourselves are afraid of something or anxious about something. We may fear what people think of us. We may have problems with public speaking. 
We're afraid we don't have enough money. We're afraid of flying. We're afraid of being far from home. I know I am terrified of spiders. Amen. We fear failure and rejection, losing a loved one, disease, pain, and even death. We all long for more of God's peace in the midst of the stresses of our lives, but do we actually lean on God's strength and peace in our lives? Or do we praise God in the good times and lean on our own understandings when things get scary or tough? A.W. Tozer, an American Christian pastor, author, magazine editor, and spiritual mentor once said, a frightened world needs a fearless church. Amen. Amen. Fear not is the most repeated command in the Bible. In fact, it has been said that it is said 365 times in the Bible. One fear not for every day of the year. Presbyterian minister and chaplain of the United States Senate, Lloyd Ogilvie, said there are 366 fear nots. One for every day of the year, including leap year. God does not want us to go a single day without hearing his words of comfort. Fear not. Actually, there are way more than 365 fear nots in the Bible. And thank goodness for that because we all need to be reminded to trust God every day and fear not. Many people say it is a nice thought that there are 365 fear nots in the Bible, but it's just not true. And the reality of it is, it's not true. For instance, the King James Version says, fear not only 103 times, but not 365 times. So why do we say that there are more than 365 fear nots in the Bible? Fear is spoken of over 500 times in the King James Bible. In addition to the fear nots, many of the Bible's teachings teach us to fear God, which really means loyalty or worship or honor or reverence to God alone and do not fear anyone or anything else. If we expand our search to look at verses that are encouraging us not to worry or not to be anxious, we will find a whole lot more fear nots in the scriptures. This is why we should recognize that the Bible has more than 365 fear nots. Billy Graham once said, historians will probably call our era the age of anxiety. Anxiety is the natural result when when our hopes are centered on anything short of God and his will for us. Mark 440 says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus said, spoke these words to his disciples when they became fearful over a storm that arose while they were on a boat in the sea with him. 
Jesus was resting, he was asleep in the boat, and the storm hit, and in a panic, the disciples came running to him and asked him if he really cared about them because it looked like they would die. As his children, when we become fearful, we take this same attitude when our personal storms of life look like we might sink. Mm -hmm. Even though the Lord is with us, we act as if he is not there to do anything. The disciples forgot that Jesus told them to get on the boat. He told them where they were going, and they could have trusted him to get them there. They had seen him do many miracles for others, but they doubted that he could do a miracle for them. They forgot that he is the true master over everything, even the wind and the storm. We can find ourselves in the same place if we look at storms instead of looking to Jesus. He is the one who can bring peace into any situation, and he has the answers for every problem that we face. We need to understand that fear is the opposite of faith. We cannot operate in fear and in faith at the same time. Psalms 56, 3 through 4 says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Fear grabs our attention. It gets us ready to fight or flee. Whether we mask our fear with a tough guy attitude or slip off into a corner to hide, it can have a powerful effect on the way we think, the decisions we make, and our actions. But a healthy fear keeps us from harm. Too often, Fear keeps us from doing what we want or need to do. Sometimes it provokes us to do the wrong things or, or gives us dangerous responses. Basically speaking, fear can contribute to obeying or disobeying God's law. Increasing troubles in our neighborhoods and in the world today make us feel like we are in a zone full of fear. Politicians and fear mongers of every sort like to play on our fear for their benefit. But that doesn't mean that all those things are really not dangerous. It doesn't mean the underlying issues are not there. There's terrorism, there's mass shootings, there's Warfare, violent crimes, epidemics, natural disasters, deadly animals. All of these are in our news. They're too often in our entertainment and our nightmares. Some high-profile dangers we tend to overplay, like being attacked by a shark or crashing in an airplane or mass shootings, while other much more common killers we tend to downplay, like car accidents and the flu. Many of the things we fear never happen to us. Even when they do, 
all of our anxieties and all of our worries generally have done nothing to protect us. The Bible does not minimize many of the things that we fear. In fact, it shows that the world will become more dangerous and more frightening as the end times approach. But it also shows how we can deal with our fears, both the good and the bad. The Bible does promote an exceptional fear, a reasonable fear that actually allows us to eradicate all the deceptive and destructive fears in our life. It is a healthy awe and respect for God that puts us on a spiritual path to knowledge and wisdom. But many other fears do not have good results. Our temperament and experiences can contribute to the unique set of phobias and fearful feelings that we have. Mm -hmm. Traumatic events early in life can create pathways in our minds that make us feel like something always bad is going to happen. Feelings of insecurity and feelings of unworthiness can intensify our natural tendencies to fear things like the usual we always bring up, public speaking. <laughs> but do we have to live in constant fear and constant worry? Experts often suggest that fighting irrational fears and phobias with education to change our thinking and practice dealing with anxiety-producing situations. Many books and online resources have been dedicated to fighting specific phobias and anxieties. But we can ask God for strength. We can ask God for peace. David, a man after God's own heart, faced many frightening situations. After escaping one terrifying incident in the midst of the Philistine territory, he wrote Psalm 34, and in verse 4, he says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. The Apostle Paul was no stranger to fear himself. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he gave us this advice and reassurance. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ, Jesus Christ. God gives his spirit to those who repent and are baptized, and one of the fruits of those spirit is peace. Paul also says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul gave this scripture to Timothy right in the midst of telling him to stir up his spiritual gifts, to testify for Jesus Christ, and to share with Paul in the sufferings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Satan 
does not want us to use our spiritual gifts. He does not want us to talk about Jesus, Mm -hmm. and he wants us to be afraid of all of the sufferings that we may or may not experience. It is estimated that 80% of Christians today are oppressed by a spirit of fear. Fear stops people not only in the areas of witnessing and using their spiritual gifts, but it stops them from starting relationships that could be wonderful relationships. It stops them from starting businesses that could be very lucrative. The fear of death paralyzes and torments many people. There are many kinds of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but unfortunately, many of us have received a spirit of fear. At some time in our life, we received what the devil was handing out, and we have not come to know God well enough to get rid of it. One thing is clear, no Christian ever received the spirit of fear from God. The more of the divine love of God that we receive into our lives, the less there is for fear to get a grip. Mm -hmm. Fear tends to attract evil, just as faith tends to attract the goodness and blessings of God. Fear is the substance of things we hope won't happen. It's almost like a conviction that they will happen. Fear is faith in reverse. God wants us to be free of fear. There are many effective remedies for fear. Mark Twain once said, Do the thing that you fear the most, and the death of fear is certain. This is good advice when it comes to things like public speaking, (laughs) skydiving, scuba diving, if you're afraid of that. But this advice is not really enough. What we really need is the actual consciousness that God is with us, that God is around us, and that God is inside of us. And we need to know who God is. God is greater than the devil. There is absolutely no comparison. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If we are aware of the presence of Jesus with us, we really can't be swallowed up or dominated by fear. Fear cannot control us. Ultimately, it must be driven out. 1 John 4.18, part of it, says, Perfect love casts out fear. But where does that perfect love come from? It does not come from us. It comes from God. That is where our perfect love is. God is love, and the Spirit of God drives out fear. That is why we need to make more room for God in our lives. We need to make room through prayer, through meditation on his word, and through praising him with our words and with our music. 
This is another way King David, a man who faced many dangerous battles, looked at it. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Um, of whom shall I be afraid? Because David was conscious of the Lord's presence with him, and because he knew God, David did not walk in fear. To have the full consciousness of the presence of the Lord with us in these days, we need to walk with God in daily submission. This will cultivate a knowledge of the presence of the Lord, which will free us from fear. And it will bring us under the influence of the Spirit of the Lord. He will enable us to do great things for God. Our trust in God is based on his promises and his faithfulness. The faith chapter, Hebrews 11, is full of stories of men and women who grew to believe that God would do exactly what he promised. Their trust in a faithful God helped them face their fears and act in faith. It helped them to wait patiently and courageously endure terrifying trials. The greatest example is Jesus Christ himself. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that it was set before him endured the cross, despising the same, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Like those faithful people, we should focus beyond our fearful world onto the positive future that God has in store for us. We can also meditate on and appreciate the comfort and peace that God gives us right now. We can ask God to give us more faith. Luke 17:5 And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. We should then act on that faith in the in obedience to God. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. If our focus is on God's word and his eternal promises more than our temporary physical circumstances, we will increase our faith and decrease our fear. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. On our spiritual journey, we must never forget our foundational fear of God, our reverence for him, our recognition of our dependence on him. This perspective should lead to appreciation and praise 
and a deeper love of the God who has given us everything we have and everything we will ever receive. He loved us so much, he gave us his own son. And our relationship with God grows on that foundation. 1 John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us. What does that love do? If we follow his steps and let him live in us, we will not need to fear the only thing that is worth fearing, which is God's day of judgment. As a result, fear is conquered. John summed it up the ultimate way in the full reading of 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now we have to understand that God is not calling us to be foolish. We are not supposed to put ourselves in harm's way just to prove a point that God will keep us from harm. That would be tempting God, and it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Amen. We also need to understand that God does not promise us health, wealth, and safety from harm, sickness, or death. But he does promise us that he will be with us through all of our trials. Amen. His presence in our lives is why we should not be afraid. Proverbs 2.11 says, Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. With this whole coronavirus scare, we aren't supposed to go around coughing and gagging and spitting on each other just because God tells us not to be afraid. <laughs> we are to practice discretion. Discretion is our ability or power to discern what is responsible or socially appropriate. We are to gain understanding of the situation and not jump to conclusions just because someone on TV told us to buy all the water and toilet paper. <laughs> I was at Walmart the other day. When I grocery shop, I shop for the entire month. And I do this I do this because I live so far away from any store that I can't just go to a store and pick up a steak for dinner tonight. So my shopping experience takes a minimum of two hours and that's drive time. I was almost done with my grocery shopping and I hear a voice. Somebody's preparing to be quarantined. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine having to explain your shopping methods <laughs> to a total stranger in a store full of scared people who are, who are going to drag you out and burn you at the stake. <laughs> Not only did I find it humorous, this lady was very small and wearing gloves big plastic gloves that were bigger than her as she was it was almost cartoon like normally 
that situation would have scared the you-know-what out of me, but with no toilet paper. <laughs> I had to contain my fear. I, ju I just said no. I, uh, I shopped for the month, and she looked, like, looked at me like I was weird and crazy. And with her big gloves, she pushed her cart away. <laughs> so I uh, checked out, and I hit the road. Ever since God woke me up, I have found that I do not fear the things that I used to fear. Life is not as scary as it once was. And today I can look out at everybody in this room with confidence and say exactly what Paul said in Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there was anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. That's right. Thank you for choosing Christian Revelations. We hope you were just as blessed in receiving the message as we were in preparing and delivering it. As always, we will welcome you back again with open arms, open hearts, open minds, and open Bibles with your host, Pastor Robert. Blessings to you all.